1: to episode 96 of the garage guys fantasy sports podcast brought to you by the garage guys fantasy sports patreon page if you head over to patreon.com slash garage guys podcast right now you can subscribe to the different tiers that we have covering nfl nascar blog posts for me and drew dean and also some exclusive content that's going to be on the way that you will be able to get nowhere else not even on the podcast so get over to patreoncom Podcast right now, Drew. We have a tier for a dollar a month. Can you afford a dollar a month? Who can't
2: afford a dollar a month? It's one McDouble.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a McDouble from McDonald's. So stop being a fat ass and take that dollar <laughs> and put it straight into the Garage Guys Fancy Sports Patreon page. Uh, one dollar gets you blog posts from me and Drew. Um, and then you can move up to the different tiers we have. Drew does a lot, a lot of work on these DFS rankings. And you can get all this inside information to help dominate your DFS lineups with NASCAR and NFL. And then for $10 a month, you can get literally everything on our Patreon page. So again, it is patreon.com garageguyspodcast. Head over there right now. Get on it. Patreon wave. We're riding it. We're riding it hard. Drew, Cam Newton sucks dick.
2: Yeah, no complaint there, no uh, disagreement from me there. It was a painful Thursday night game to watch from from Cam Newton.
1: I'm uh, I'm at a point right now where it's like I know we're still very early in the season. It's week two. Um, for those of you that are just now listening to this show, maybe you're a first-time listener, quick rundown. In the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Pro League, um, I pressure-drafted – Cam Newton because I, I was uh, like literally had three seconds left on the clock. He was one of the nearest guys there. I was trying to find somebody that I like doing research and I was just like, fuck it. And I just hit it. And like, I wasn't happy about it, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to be happy. I'm not fucking happy. And I knew from the jump that I probably wasn't going to be happy. Now I know a hundred percent that I'm not happy. Um, so I know on DraftKings he scored like 15 fantasy points tonight, but no touchdowns. Uh, fumbled the ball, uh, got that turnover. Uh, Twenty-five completions, three hundred thirty-three yards. Like, I mean, yeah, he got his receivers. Like DJ Moore was the best receiver, and then Greg Olson, though. I got to give props to old Greg because I did start old Greg. I lost Hunter Henry this past week. due has a broken leg. He's probably gonna end up on IR, and um, I hate that because a lot. I've had a lot of injuries, man, and I know you've seen them. It's just it's it's a rough time for me right now lot of injuries in the same leagues so I was happy that old Greg stepped up Uh, old trusty Greg Olson scoring 20 fantasy points from DK Uh, so just great production out of him and but on this Carolina side of the ball man Tampa Bay found a way to bottle up Christian McCaffrey I hate it for McCaffrey owners man because that's that's the that's your first round pick right there and against Tampa Bay's defense you're expecting him to at least you know get a touchdown or two
2: yeah, for sure, that was the priority for the for the Bucks just to limit him. You hate to see Cam Newton have fifty one pass attempts. That's not that's not an ideal game plan. Um, but you're right, Greg Olson was probably the the best play on the on the on the uh, Carolina side, and then Chris Godwin had himself a game on the tape. Oh
1: my god! So everybody that was freaking out about Jameis Winston last week, you know, oh my god, he's throwing interceptions, doing this. Like, by no means did Jameis Winston have a great fantasy night. So he's still probably not the best fantasy option for you. I think he had a total of 13 uh, fantasy points on DK. Um, Cam Cam did better than him on DraftKings, which is insane. But uh, but yeah, he did have that touchdown. Chris Godwin went the fuck off for everybody that was calling him a sleeper this year. He is definitely the most consistent sleeper I've ever seen. Um, so yeah, 29 fantasy points for Chris Godwin. If you if you have him and you started him. You did the damn thing. And I kind of felt like this was going to happen. Like, for some reason, like, Mike Williams just, like, uh, he hasn't really, like, been performing – or Mike Evans, my bad. Uh, he hasn't, like, been performing well, like, against the, – on these games. And, like, with it being, like, a Thursday night game, I don't know what it is about Carolina, but I, I don't I don't have the exact stat in front of me. But, like, he hasn't done that well and, like, have that much fantasy relevance against Carolina in the past couple years, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, we're in that weird phase now with Gotlin where like people are gonna start hyping him up as the wide receiver one, and you gotta be careful with that because I think he's gonna benefit from Mike Evans. Mike Evans is gonna get your number one cornerback. So Chris Gollin went to went to town tonight.
1: Yeah, he's got everybody talking on Twitter right now, like he's the wide receiver one now. But I mean, I, I don't think that everything is done for Mike Evans, like we're still gonna see Mike Evans, like because I mean everybody that drafted him drafted him high. And now they're probably like, Oh, I should have got Chris Godwin. It's week two. Mm -hmm. Don't
2: freak out yet. They're both Um, gonna have good games. They're it's gonna it's gonna go back and forth between those two all all year, in my opinion.
1: Right. Jameis just has to find a way to be consistent and to uh and just keep that ball going in the air and just make great passes. If he can do that, because I mean they've got two solid weapons in this offense. And then in the backfield, Peyton Barber had a a damn game. Um, he got a touchdown.
2: Man, he got 23 carries, and that was supposed to be a split backfield, but that looks pretty, pretty secure, 23 carries, 82 yards. That's pretty strong.
1: Normally, like, he'll shut down in games. Like, he has, like – he'll, like, kind of start off looking real, you know, good and, and quick, versatile, and then a versatile might be too much of a, of a word for Peyton Barber, for old Pebo. But um, he definitely looks like – he'll have his games where he looks good, but then, like, it's like after the first or second quarter, like, he just goes away and, like, he can't get anything done. Like, there's, there's no, like, forward progress. So, that's when, you know, I personally expected to see, you know, Peyton come in and, you know, maybe play through the first quarter, maybe a little bit in the second. and Then I thought we were going to start seeing more Ronald Jones take over that backfield towards the ass end of the game. But, uh, but, I mean, he stayed in and he made the damn thing happen. He got in the end zone. So, uh, I know people that played him on uh, DraftKings tonight, they, he's definitely in the winning lineup, that's for sure, because there wasn't a whole lot of action. Um, in this game whatsoever.
2: Yeah, it picked up a little bit, but the first – like the rain delay in the first half were really, really slow. So, it wasn't the best game. But there's been some worse Thursday night games than this. Thursday nights have had some bad luck.
1: Yeah, Thursday night is just one of those slates where you're just like, it could be great or it could be bad. The last Thursday night game that stands out to me the most was a couple years ago. It was Rams 49ers. And I think it was a very high-scoring affair from what I can remember. It was when Todd Gurley was very young. Um
2: it wasn't getting carries taken by Malcolm Brown.
1: No, he was not getting any <laughs> Malcolm
2: Brown. Good All Lord. Right. Everybody should, should, should we stop talking about the Bucks Panthers?
1: Yeah, because I mean there really wasn't nothing else to talk about. Greg Olsen did fucking great. Chris Godwin did fucking great. If you had those two guys in fantasy and you started them, you did great and you're off to a good start for week two. So let's go ahead and 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 start talking about these Monday night games. So um First off, no bias here, Saints-Texans was the best game of the week, in my opinion, as far as just a, a, a total package football game.
2: Yeah, it was probably – I mean, it felt like a playoff game, wouldn't you say?
1: It did. It had that – I dude, the first game of the season, Will Lutz gets carried away like Rudy. Like, you know that, like, that's – this is going to be a special year, I feel like. I mean, that that's just the Saints fan in me, I guess, but – no, it was a great game.
2: Like to me, the the thing I enjoyed the most, and I'm unbiased on both these teams, but watching Deshaun Watson play that game was amazing. This how much how many hits he was taking. He um kept responding on the road. I don't, I don't know. I was just he was he was just going off and it was great to see.
1: Killing it, man. He had like one interception, but three touchdowns, two hundred and sixty eight yards. Um, and then he had the one rushing touchdown. Like, that was what really kick-started everything. That was the first score of the game. Like, he scored the first touchdown of the game um, running that ball in. And that's, that's – when you draft Deshaun Watson, that's what you expect. You expect okay. that out of him. You know that he's going to be running the ball because nine times out of ten he's got to run for his life because the offense is, has a tough time. They, they, they forget that their quarterbacks to Deshaun Watson. Like, I, guess, I think sometimes they think Tom Savage is still the quarterback, so they really don't care but then they're like oh yeah shit we've got like Michael Jordan of football kind of they're like back here like <laughs> yeah. maybe I don't know yeah Hopkins is about.
2: still incredible too I think he had t- two touchdowns and um, I was real high on, on Hopkins saying that he was gonna have a better year than Adams Devontae Adams so I, I want to see him continue to do that
1: yeah I think that he should have gotten like at least like three fantasy points for like body slamming <laughs> the WWE
2: like, I saw a WWE gif or something it was pretty funny
1: Yes, like the, and the he, you know, he came on at the press conference and he was just like, you know, I guess maybe next week I'll just, you know, play tag or something. Like, you know, he's trying to be a smart ass, but um, he didn't really do it that well. Like, I think he could have been a little more uh, humorous with it, but mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell he was he was hot and bothered. But like, you can't just it, you can't body slam people. I feel like he thinks that's okay. I think he really thinks it's okay to body slam people in football. He's not just tackling. Right. If that's the case, though, like, because like, that's the shit you see, like, like, when you were like a kid, and you're out on the playground, like, you know, this kid doesn't really like you and you're playing against him in football, but like, he might like you or something like that. And like, you're like, you might be friends. And, and then you realize when you catch the ball, and you do something better than him, and he might get jealous, and he'll like, pick you up, and body slam you in the ground. That's what that shit reminded me of. I don't know if I've ever had an experience like that in my life, but obviously it came from somewhere. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: I think I think about going like, the, way back.
2: That's going yeah. back to some childhood stuff, man. That's the
1: sandlot days. For some reason I just pictured Hamilton Porter like doing that to a kid. <laughs> like that's all I could see in my head. But like, yeah, like that was just some off the wall shit. But I loved every minute of it and I'm here for it. So I mean, like, nook, if you want to do it again, then, then I'm 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 all for it. Like,
2: try yeah. it again. The game, the game was incredible going back to it. I mean, Drew Brees, old reliable. You knew when they got the ball back after that amazing drive by the Texans, you knew it wasn't over, and they delivered.
1: That's what, so that's the big thing we got to talk about. Like just touching on it, like Drew had 24 fantasy points, 370 passing yards, two touchdowns. It, it's Drew Brees. Drew Brees is Drew Brees. Everybody that, like, hates on it, like, the, the whole old quarterback thing in fantasy, like, Tom Brady and Drew Brees are doing fucking great right now. Starting yeah. off. I mean, they're off to a good start.
2: That was Tony. one of the stories. So the the whole entire week one is it's still Drew Brees and Tom Brady's league, in my opinion. Yeah, yes. maybe not maybe not talking fantasy, but we're just talking NFL season storylines. It's just they're not they're not aging the way they should be.
1: No, and it's it's a beautiful sight. Because anytime Drew Brees is coming out doing that shit, and I had a feeling like it was going to be more of just like slinging the rock, like that's that's what they got to get back to in New Orleans. Like, I mean, they've been heavy on the run game. The run game doesn't need to go anywhere because Alvin Kamara owners, like, of course, like Alvin did his damn thing. I mean, he's a first rounder. We we we, we expect that from him. Um, but with Drew, like, for him being oh, shout out to the clock, clock. Um, with with Drew Brees doing the, the shit that he's doing, like, if he can continue this down the road, I mean, like, he's a viable QB1. Like, and and he's not the back end. Like, everybody thought he was going to be the back end QB1, so hopefully he can continue that trend. Just got, I got to touch on this. Uh, this is kind of away from fantasy, but what was up with the prevent defense when all they needed was, like, what was it, like,
2: seven yards to get in the field goal range? You're talking about the last drive of the game? Yeah, like Bill O'Brien, like, doing yeah, that I, shit. I don't know. I thought it I thought it was dumb. They were obviously not considering the fact that Will Lutz has one of the biggest legs in the NFL. So yeah, like I, I mean,
1: when you think kicking, like because we we don't really we don't, we don't we don't do kickers here. But when you think about kicking, I think Greg Zerline, Greg the Leg, and Will Lutz. So like I I got we got to come up with a nickname for Will Lutz. Um, yeah, he's he's got
2: that was good from seventy the kick the kick he made. I mean it was it, it had plenty of leg behind it he
1: he's phenomenal. He is. They, I mean, they got, he's one of the best in the biz. No doubt about it for people that listen to the show that have kickers in their fantasy leagues. If you didn't get Will Lutz, I hope you got
2: Greg. Hey, a quick note on Bill O'Brien. since we kind of just went at him. If he doesn't have a good year, he's getting fired. And also the same about Ron Rivera.
1: Just yeah. Riverboat Ron is <laughs> definitely out. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like I just, I, I, I got this feeling about, the, about the Panthers and I, I had this and like, I know it's week two. I'm not trying to speak too soon, but I just feel like they're not going to have a winning season. Like, I just don't see it. Like, I see McCaffrey still being a fantasy asset. It's going to be fine. I just think that this team is going to find a way to lose games. And yeah, that's tonight, two home
2: games. Two home games you lose by one score. You can't have that. So
1: Right, and just going back to shout out to the uh, Tampa Bay fan that wears Tommy Bahama shirts in the NFL ad. Because he showed that barbecue girl from Carolina, who really means business. Because when you wear a Tommy Bahama shirt like that, I mean, you just you know you're spitting flames. So you you he knew Jameis Winston was going to throw that touchdown to Chris Godwin, and then they were gonna they knew they knew the Panthers were going to be stupid. So Tommy Bahama shirt, shout out to that guy. Yeah, it really makes no sense, but I just wanted to do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can't add any comments there. I don't. I don't I didn't do <laughs> I want
1: to do – I want to, like, start on the Patreon page. We're going to, like, do an article each week breaking down the NFL Thursday night commercials. So, if you watch NFL Network, you've seen these commercials. It's uh, basically two fans from each team talking the corniest shit talk to each other. And I just want to, like, break those down and, like, what they really want to say. So I think that that's going to be a new series I'm going to release on Patreon, on our blog post that you can get for a dollar. So if you want to pay a dollar a month and read my reviews of NFL Thursday night commercials, I'm probably going to start doing that. So get ready for it. I think that's a fun idea. And I, yeah, I'm about to make that happen. The fun side of Garage Guys, and we're not talking about fantasy sports. It's,
2: uh, breaking
1: down commercials. Breaking down commercials. All right, so great game. From the Saints and the Texans, fucking hell of football, except for the last minute when Bill O'Brien's butchin decided to destroy everything about the game for the Texans and <laughs> Texas fans. Oh, and shout out to Ross Bolin um, for giving uh, Deshaun Watson back massage on the side of the field. If you follow Garage Guys Fancy Force Twitter, you know what I'm talking about. If not, go follow at GGFS Podcast. Next game, and I knew that uh, I-, I was trying to avoid it, but it's here. Raiders Broncos. Joe Flacco did not look good, but
2: – Not a great start for your bet, but that's okay.
1: No, we'll, we'll talk about that. The important thing here, the Raiders are back?
2: Uh, I think that was just an emotional first home game of the year win. I'm not buying into it too much, but they have some – got some players, Waller and uh, Jacobs and Tyrell Williams. they, they got a squad. Derek, uh, Derek Carr looked pretty good.
1: Dude, the chemistry between Derek Carr and Tyra Williams was nice. It's good to see that. It's good to see they have that. And you got to love – they're like, Derek, how do you feel about making this win happen? Look, Antonio Brown's gone. Like, he's in that mode. Like, any question you ask him, it's going to be – he's going to talk about Antonio Brown. It's just like, Derek, like, what kind of Gatorade do you guys drink on the sideline? Look, Antonio, uh, he's a great guy. I love him. Like, that's all we're getting from Derek Carr for, like, the next week probably, and then it's going to be over with. Hopefully like I'm hoping hoping that uh, that fades away. But dude, John Gruden he's happy. He's and happy that makes guy. me happy. And I think that's good for the league as a whole.
2: It, if they upset the Chiefs this, <laughs> this upcoming week, that's going to be wild. Like Gruden is going to go crazy if they upset the Chiefs.
1: Dude, like that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not going to I'm not going to say that it it will happen, but like, what if we just have one of these, like, freak teams that just came out of nowhere with these, like, players that no one thought were going to be shit? Like, I have – I went ahead and, like, when Antonio left, I went ahead and, like, picked up Hunter Renfro in a couple leagues. Um, and I know still, like, a lot of people – like I mean, I got him in my Dynasty League, obviously. But I had some, some room on the bench, and I had some other players in a few other leagues, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to put him here and going will see what happens. Because with Darren Waller and Tyra Williams, that's obviously your 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 go to guys. Like that's that's who you know is gonna be getting fed the ball. And then Josh Jacobs, gotta talk about him. Fucking he had a great first outing as a rookie. Like, um, I don't even know like how many touchdowns he had,
2: but I think he only had one, but he had about twenty eight touches. So he um he definitely is a workhorse there. He's not getting pulled out of the game like some of these other split backfields.
1: Right. Yeah. So he, I'm looking at it right now. Let's go into running backs going on and uh, we use DK live for these points. So you guys that are kind of following along at home, you're probably like, he didn't score that many points. We're going off DraftKings live. That's where we're getting our points pulled from. Um, but looking into the point, yeah, Josh Jacobs with 24 fantasy points, 85 oh, yeah, yards yeah. two. yeah, two he touchdowns. did. He had two touchdowns. I knew I had a feeling he had a couple. Um, they got themselves a running back, man. And for everybody that 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 drafted him as a rookie, I mean, like we've got like him coming out this year, and um, you know, because this was a pretty hot year for rookie running backs. Um, you know, some of these guys that we've been looking at, they're like, okay, like Madison's been checked out; he's not doing nearly what Jacobs is doing. But Jacobs being one of the top off the board, you knew he's gonna have to produce. So it's good to see that happening, and it's just good to see them have a run game. Uh, can kind of put Jalen Rashard on the shelf now. Uh, those I feel like those days should be done um, and just stick with your guy. So, they, they've they got a little young unit, dude, like Roland. So, I mean, like for fantasy purposes, Williams, uh, Waller, and Jacobs. Carl only had like 16 fantasy points. So, like like I said, I'm the type of person, I want my quarterback to at least have like a floor of like 18 to 20. And I feel like that's everybody else. Like where are you comfortable with your quarterback, with with, with, with the floor for your quarterback?
2: I'm in the same range. It just was one of those games where the the running back scored both the touchdowns for Car. He, he was twenty two of twenty six passing, so that's that's pretty strong. It was it was going against one of the defenses that we thought was good. I don't know if they are. We thought the Broncos' D was going to be good, um, but no, it's. I mean, I, my floor is eighteen to twenty. So
1: what yeah. You want. So let's so moving over to that. Vic Fangio's defense did not look that hot Mm-mm. at all, and I thought like like you. You know, I drafted the Broncos defense in a couple of leagues, and I'm thinking, okay, they're playing against the Raiders. This is going to be fun. You know, they're going to – Von Miller's going to get all up in uh, Derek Carr's ass. Like, I can't wait to watch this. And there wasn't a lot of that at all. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of worrisome. And, like, and then on the offensive side, got to go ahead and talk about it. Like, Flacco did not look great. He had yeah. one touchdown that he threw. Um, just kind of the – it's just kind of like – Maybe the, the Broncos are going to become the Ravens now, and I hope not. The old Ravens? Gotta, yeah, got to say that. The old Ravens, not, not this year's Ravens.
2: He, um, he could not move in the pocket. No pocket presence. No. Could not make decisions. Um, the only person that looked good in that offense, really the only bright spot, was uh, Cortland Sutton. Had 120 yards, receiving seven, seven catches. So He did he didn't have Sutton and that's a good guy to have.
1: And it looks like that that's going to be the guy that Flacco's leaning on. But he did start getting Emmanuel involved a little bit later. And, like, even – I don't remember who the commentators were on the game, but they were even saying, like, you've got this guy that has been on this team that is a weapon, and just because he got hurt, like, he can still make shit happen. And then Flacco finally started throwing the ball to Emmanuel Sanders a little bit. And and I feel like he should be used a little bit more in this offense. Um Just because, I mean, to me personally, he looked pretty explosive on some of those plays. Like, he was catching that ball, and I mean, he looked like he was a rocket ship coming out. And then there was some where he didn't look so hot. So, I mean, he's going to have his ups and downs, but I feel like you got to use Emmanuel Sanders in this offense. Like, Flacco has got to be able to get that ball spread around more than he did.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's pretty – like, it's on Flacco. This is 100% on Flacco. I think Sutton and Sanders are – are a fine pairing. He's just got to, he's got to do, he's got to do his job. So.
1: Right. Philip Lindsay only had 10 fantasy points. And then I was super excited about Royce Freeman, just like I was last year. And now I have more of a feeling like, okay, maybe this is just who Royce Freeman is. Like, you know, that was his first game. We'll see what happens coming up next week or uh, this Sunday. But it's like, I don't know. Like, I just expected more. I expected him to be involved um, a lot more and maybe get some more shit done than he did. I mean, he had 56 yards rushing. He had one reception, and that was it. But obviously, you know, if I, Philip Lindsay is the guy. Philip yeah. Lindsay I is mean, the starter, and was, I have it to a acknowledge split, that, right?
2: I mean, it was they both got one got ten rushes, one got eleven, so it's a fifty fifty split. I mean, right. if you're a Freeman owner, you're probably taking that, right?
1: Right, but I see, like. You know, like, Lindsey is still, like, even in standard leagues, like, he's still going to be the one that you're going for. Like, I, I see where you're going with it. But, like, for PPR purposes, like, Phillip's the only one I see. He had four receptions in this game. So, they're throwing yeah, the ball to Phillip. I
2: prefer Lindsay yeah. for sure. But if you if you took a shot on Freeman, I'm saying, and, and you, you had some take that he was going to be um, taking some of Lindsey's touches, then you're probably encouraged by this. Because it wasn't like Philip Lindsay was getting seventy percent of the touches; it was it was pretty split. But um, I think Lindsay's just better. So, I agree yeah, he's that.
1: he's found a way. And then again, like we said, it's one game, and we'll kind of look to see how things are going to be going into this Sunday matchup. And obviously, we're still going to see the same type of usage, hopefully, out of both of these guys. So there's still hope for you guys that took the shot on Royce Freeman later in your drafts, um, and for those of you who took Philip Lindsay early it's got to hurt a little bit for your first game cuz you're expecting him to be like an RB1 for you cuz I know most of the people that drafted him like they drafted him maybe as like their RB maybe not RB1 but like RB2 like i mean if they if they went heavy wide receiver they're going for a guy like lindsey yeah. you know so he's
2: it's uh of, he's right in that RB2 range most drafts but but yeah if you went high, if you went re- receiver heavy and then was relying on philip lindsey you got to be pretty pretty concerned right now
1: right and overall um you know it's just uh this Broncos team they they got a lot to do and their matchup this week is not looking so hot compared to what they did against the Raiders. So either the Raiders are way fucking better than we think they are or the Broncos suck big fucking <laughs> balls. So that's uh that's where I'm at on my take with Denver, but yeah, but before we uh before we get to our voicemails this week, let's go ahead and uh and recap our our week 1 Andy versus Joe showdown. So <laughs> Taking a look at these points right now, so each week, uh, me, me and, for like I said, first-time listeners, me and Drew have made a bet in the beginning of the season. Uh, I picked Andy, uh, no, you picked Andy Dalton, I picked Joe Flacco, and whoever has the most fantasy points at the end of the season will win or lose the bet, basically. So, uh, so far, where we're at, Andy definitely won this week, uh, 25 fantasy points as opposed to Joe's. 14, so not off to a hot start, but if Emmanuel Sanders starts getting that ball a little more, the eliteness might come out. So the real eliteness could come out. I like got a care package from Call of Duty. Elite! Just going to drop down, <laughs> and it's going to just open up the box, and Joe Flacco's going to have the golden gun, but it's going to be like an arm, and he's going to be able to throw the ball like a rocket.
2: So, I wish I could say I was worried about Joe Flacco being elite, but I'm just not. Yeah,
1: you better watch out. <laughs> might be Santa Claus, for all we know. Wouldn't that be, like, fucking creepy as hell if you went into a mall and, like, Joe Flacco's dressed up like Santa at Christmas time?
2: I wouldn't be surprised.
1: That would, like – that would be, like, the ultimate, like, you fucked your entire career up moment. (laughs) Like, when – Dude, he looked
2: so bored on the field. He looked so bored on that Monday night game. It's like he was – he wasn't even there.
1: He looks bored in general. Like, you can just tell. He's just like, man, like, I really needed to, like, fucking – I had to pay these bills off, and I got to come to Denver now, and, like, everybody just gets stoned. And, like, I, I feel like he's one of those guys where he's like, I don't want to touch marijuana. Like, that's – I don't like to fuck with the marijuana, sir. Like, I feel like that's Joe Flacco. So, like, no no fun, no fun Flacco. That's what we'll call him.
2: I like it. And I think I read somewhere that uh, Elway said Flacco's best, best football is ahead of him. <laughs> like- <laughs> best football is ahead of him. Yeah, I was like, man, not not the best story. You know how
1: old Joe Flacco is? Yeah. I think John Elway thinks that, like, Joe Flacco is, like, Gardner Minshew, maybe, at that (sighs) age. You had to get Minshew involved already. We're going to talk about Minshew. Don't you worry (laughs) about that. The chosen one has arrived. I got got everybody on Twitter in an uproar about that shit. I did a tweet talking about uh, starting Minshew over Baker Mayfield, and, like, uh, Andy Singleton hit it up, and he was like, He's like, this is asinine. I was like, it's about the mustache power. You wouldn't know anything about it, Andy. Sit down. Yeah, I, feel <laughs> like you could be,
2: I feel like you could be a great troll on Twitter because people just take everything you say so seriously when you're, you know.
1: When I'm fucking around nine times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's I love it. That's that's just that's that's the world we live in right now. Fantasy football Twitter is getting a little stiff. Like, I'm here to shake shit up. Like, let's go. Let's fucking go. We're gonna have a good time this season. It's always fun. Let's do All it. Right. So voicemails. Um, so, we have two voicemails this week. One is from our good pal, Polly, from Polly Sleepers. Shout out to Polly Sleepers. You can go check him out. Um, follow him on Twitter at Polly Sleepers. So, let's see what Polly had to talk about. And our second voicemail that we're going to play is from an unknown caller. So, if you're listening to this right now and you, and you call back into the show next week, please leave your name so that we can give you credit and shout you out and let people know where to find you too. Cause that's what we're here for, but um, let's go ahead and take uh and listen to uh to Polly's voicemail and see what he had for us.
0: Hey, Chase, uh, this is Polly from Polly Sleepers, longtime listener, first time caller. Hey, this is going to be about fantasy football today because I'm not completely convinced that NASCAR is still a thing. You um, that? you're gonna have to prove that to me. Um, anyway, uh, in all seriousness, uh, me and uh Some of my buddies on Twitter, at Terminator, uh, who is Randall Kennedy, at uh, Fantasy Moose, Doug Fall, and Mike Dynasty Collins and other, have had a debate recently kind of behind the scenes and in front on Twitter about analytics and money ball versus game script and, and, and your eye test and, and trusting your gut in fantasy football. Um, I firmly believe that there's a place for analytics and next-gen stats and uh, and all of these things, but uh, uh, me and some of these guys feel like a lot of people are taking it too far, and uh, we really kind of need to get back to uh, looking at game script and coaching tendencies and uh, and things like that to determine likely fantasy outcomes. Where do you kind of stand on that uh, spectrum of, are you more of a stats guy? Or are you more of an eye test guy, game flow? Uh, I think this is something really important that we need to evaluate moving forward. And uh, I really appreciate you taking my call. I'll take your answer uh, off the air. Thanks. Bye.
1: Of course you'll take our, your answer off the air, Polly, because we're recording this now. <laughs> as a podcast, so
2: yeah, but hell of a hey, what a great voicemail. I mean, beso- I mean that was a well thought out question.
1: Yeah, so starting off, NASCAR is. Uh, I don't need to convince you of anything because left turns are beautiful, and if you don't like it, then it's probably because you haven't been to a race. So yeah, do that, Polly. and then come talk to me. Um, but as far as the question, fucking phenomenal question because it is that's some real shit. Like uh, there there is a huge split in, in the industry and like, you know, you, you got your guys and your girls that are like all about stats and, and analytics. Then you've got people like myself where I, I, I tend to lean a little more based off of my gut and what I'm seeing personally. But um, I, I would say that having a mixture of both of them is important. But me personally, I tend to lean more towards the gut side. What about you, Drew?
2: I'm make sure for sure. I don't know which way I lean, but I do like what he said about game script and game flow. That's something I use in DFS a lot. If you can kind of, based off um, you know coaching tendencies, and um, if you can game stack one game that's going to have a lot of scoring, you can sometimes find a big edge. And that's not always, and you can't always find that in analytics. You know what I mean? It's right. A, it's a good. It's a good question. I think if if you um, mix both, you get good results. But I agree with Paulie that it's it's gotten to be a little overboard. Yeah, like
1: there's some crazy shit that comes. Like, I don't have anything like pulled up in front of me right now, but I've seen some stuff on Twitter that is just like over the fucking moon. Like, why does this matter? You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. like we're we're getting to the point where like, you know, if if Tom Brady takes eight sips of water, his throwing his percentage of, of, of completing a touchdown goes up by like 35%. Like it's like that type <laughs> of shit. You know what I mean? It's like, get the fuck out of here. Like it, it's to me, it's like Indy, any given Sunday mentality. That's what the way I want to look at it. So for me, you know, anything can happen. You've got to just be watching the trends. You've got to be seeing what's happening on teams. Like injuries are happening. Who's the next man up? And you just got to take some dart throws sometimes. I mean, that that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Like you got to risk it to get the biscuit. And I like that shit. I live by that shit. You know, you're going out like you know, it's either going to happen great or it's not. But where stats are important is like you do need to be able to to, to know like don't be completely ignorant. Like you gotta be able to kind of look and see like what has this person done? You know, if they're a rookie, what did they do in college, keeping up with practice reports, seeing how they're performing in practice. And now that we've got games to look at, we're we're gonna be seeing how they're used a little bit more. So those things are important. But uh but then also like, you know, it's just looking at um looking at, at where they're heading the next week or how things are like and if you just have a feeling like for me it's more like i just get this these feelings like if if i say a player's name and like i'll just be like that sounds good or the matchup sounds good or you know like um i feel like maybe this week like this player is going to shine brighter than like the player that would normally shine brighter and if i get feelings like that then normally i act on them um but, I mean and I get those a good bit, but that's where I tend to lean more on my gut and people are more like you're fucking crazy, Chase. Kind of like with my uh dropping the Minshew again. It's kinda like with my Minshew shit again. You know, like uh like like I had the tweet about like starting Minshew over Baker. So I don't know. Like I'm just, I just I like I like to lean the gut, but the stats are still important.
2: Yeah, you're crazy most of the time, but uh mm-hmm. it also works out for you. So
1: that's me. That's 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 my personality. It's like that's how I, I like the roll. So I don't know. Hopefully it'll work out. I, I need the fucking help right now, big time.
2: But <laughs> yeah, uh, injury bug's gotten you
1: bad, fucking bad. So this is where I gotta risk it to get the biscuit, like guaranteed. But uh, but shout out for calling in, Polly. We appreciate the call. Um, and the next call that we have set up here is from our unknown caller. Uh, I have no idea who this is, but uh, let's take a listen. Obviously he's garage fam. He called us fam, so we're gonna we're gonna stick with that notion right there. Hey, fam. It's not
0: Monday or Tuesday, so hopefully I'll get my question answered. I'm in a 10-team standard league, and uh, my question is, I got a guy that's wanting to trade me. Uh, He wants to give me uh, Kittle and McCaffrey, and I'll give him Juju and Carson. Uh, 10-team standard league. I just want to know you guys' thought on it. Um, I have Waller at my tight end, and... I've got Freeman, Johnson, Singletary, and Carson as my running backs, with Keenan Allen, Juju, Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, and T.D. Westbrook as my receivers. Uh, if you got your time, or want to answer me on Twitter or however you want to do it, I'd appreciate it. Thank you very much.
2: Have a good one. It's okay. a no brainer, right? It's absolutely
1: a no brainer. You, you definitely take Kittle and McCaffrey on that. But I had to say this. What if, like, he? I know he slipped up, but, like, imagine if it was George Mack Kittle. That would be George a, McKittle. That would be a fire fucking name.
2: That's a, a slot end. receiver.
1: Yeah, it's like because Matt Donald used to be on the 49ers, and now it's Matt Kittle. But,
2: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Our mystery caller with McKittle.
1: My God, dude. Yes. Whoever you are, Listen to this, and I have a feeling we probably know you if, you if you tweet us a lot, but if you're listening to this right now, I need you to tweet at me because it's Friday. I need you to tweet me and be like, hey, it was me that called in, so that way I can know and I can shout you out on Twitter. But, yes, I don't know who the fuck offered you that, but you better take full advantage of that shit. They'll get you McCaffrey and Kittle right the fuck away. No brainer. Yeah.
2: That person that offered that might have been under the influence of something.
1: Big time or has never played fantasy football a day in their life or is just like huge Seattle fan. So I can't see any other reason why anybody would make that offer. So definitely take advantage of that shit as soon as you fucking can. All right. So let's go ahead and give the garage fam what they want, what they're here for the Sunday slate rundown for week two of the NFL, kicking this off with the Ravens and the Cardinals. Cardinals are traveling into Baltimore. So that's always a scary sight. Um, I think that this Cardinals team doesn't stand a chance against the Ravens. They've got a, a solid defense. And then seeing what Lamar Jackson did last week with Hollywood Brown, um, and I, I think that Lamar is going to be one of those quarterbacks that, that is going to be just kind of slinging the ball around who's ever open, and then he's going to get use his legs. So one of the hottest waiver wire pickups this week if you've got Lamar – all systems go. Marquise Brown, all systems go. Mark Ingram in the backfield. Just basically fire up your Ravens this week in general. Cardinals, um, I uh, personally, I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling pretty much anyone from this team except for Larry Fitzgerald. I think that, that old man Larry kind of showed us that, that he's in it to win it and he's still in this league and he's still alive and kicking. So you got to give some, some credit and respect where it's due.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on all those takes. Except I'm not really on Hollywood Brown. I think that was kind of a anomaly. I don't. I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. But as far as Lamar Jackson, I think he's a he's an excellent play this week.
1: Yeah, it'll definitely be one of those things where I feel like it's just going to be more like, uh, like not comparing Lamar Jackson to Tom Brady whatsoever. But I think that Lamar Jackson is just going to try to get the ball to the a wide receiver that's open. I think it's going to be one of those kind of situations. And we see Tom Brady doing that kind of stuff a lot. So I think Lamar is probably going to be, uh, other than Mark Ingram, Lamar is going to be the other, you know, big fantasy asset on that team. Not so much having a set wide receiver.
2: Yeah, I agree 100%.
1: Cowboys are traveling to Washington to play the Redskins. I'm all aboard the Dak train. If you've got Dak, I think that he's uh, he showed us what from what he did last week. Even though it was against the Giants, I think that he has what it takes to be a QB one this season and really keep that consistency up. So I'm all in on on Dak. Fire up you know your Zeke, and then you got to look at the uh, at Michael Gallup, man. What he did last week. So obviously he's going to be a big part of this offense. So for a flex wide receiver. I think he's all systems go. And then one of the only guys that I really like on the Redskin side of the ball, Terry McLaurin seems like he's going to be the one that ends up being that wide receiver one. So if you picked him up on the waiver wire this week, um, definitely got to throw him in on a, maybe a flex spot position. If you got a better, a better option, though, leave him on the bench until that bye week comes around. But if you did pick him up, I think he's going to be valuable as the season continues.
2: Yeah, second second time in a row. I'm agreeing with you. Um, I think McLaurin, just to expand upon your points a little bit there, McLaurin was on the field, I think ninety-seven percent of snaps, so that's really encouraging to see. And then um expanding on your Dak point too. Um, the Eagles, Carson Wentz just shredded this defense in the second half. So you should see some good stuff from, from Dak. Word. Colts, Titans
1: um jacoby brissett surprised me because he got that ball to ty hilton so maybe he's not going to discriminate against ty anymore (laughs) so ty is uh could still be a uh viable asset here and jacoby might not be all that bad marlon Mack showed the fuck out I, i enjoyed watching marlon do his thing so this colts team might be okay after all but playing this titans team uh in nashville Seeing what the defense did to, uh, to, to Baker and the Browns last week, they might actually be kind of a, another year where I'm going to sit here and say a dark horse team. Uh, I, for some reason, like the past couple years, the Titans have just been like a quote-unquote dark horse team, and that's the way I've referred to them. But uh, the defense looked pretty decent, man. And um, if they can do what they did in Cleveland at home, I think that the Colts might have a little bit of trouble. Um, A.J. Brown – is looking like he's going to be hot, get him – I hope he stashed him aside. He might be something. And that could actually wake up Mariota. But by no means do I think Mariota is ready to be uh, starting in your fantasy lineups. Uh, I think Delaney Walker last week, I don't know how much we're going to see out of him doing those same things. So, don't get too excited about Delaney yet. But uh, my my must start for the Titans is going to be have to be Derrick Henry.
2: Yeah, I was about to say that. So, I'm I'm staying away from the passing game here for the Titans. Interested in Derrick Henry as always, uh, as long as that's not a top tier defense. I think the Colts team is underrated. Like you said, I think they got some players. I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if Brissett keeps them in in games all year. So it's going to be a interesting game there. Might be a, a low scoring one.
1: Yeah, facts. Seahawks are going to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. If the Steelers do what they did against the Patriots the other night, this is not going to be a good year for them. Um, obviously if you drafted Juju, he's your wide receiver one. You got to kind of ride that wave for right now just to see how things progress. I can only imagine they're going to get better as time goes on. It's just, you know, trying to kind of adjusting to this, you know, losing Antonio maybe. And just maybe there's just kind of a negative cloud like riding over that Steelers team. But I think that they can, uh, they, they can get some stuff rolling, especially, um, week two being at home, like they, they've they got to make something happen. So um looking forward to seeing what they can do and then Seahawks um their team that defense man looked pretty decent Chris Carson looked good Uh, I'm all in with Chris Carson and I think DK Metcalf is going to show out this week so I'm firing up some DK Metcalf on the Seahawks side
2: um well for the Steelers man I think it's a good bounce back spot so Andy Dalton just threw for 418 yards against the Seahawks secondary so I think Big Ben has a chance to to get on the same page as some of these Steelers receivers, so I think it's a good bounce back game for the for the Steelers and for the Seahawks. I'm kinda, kind of kind um, of iffy to see what what's going on with their receivers. I'm I'm noticing Tyler Lockett's not being targeted too much, and I think that's due to some double teams. But want to monitor the Seahawks passing game. It's gonna be
1: tricky. Steelers better hit that bounce back, or it's not gonna be good. Something <laughs> bad's gonna happen. <laughs> Bills at Giants. What a what a lovely looking matchup for Bills fans out there. Any owners of uh, John Brown like myself, and I believe you picked you up a couple of shares of Josh Allen this week. Am I right?
2: Yeah, he's one of my favorite QBs this week. So spoiler alert: I'll be playing a lot of Josh Allen in DFS and uh, season long. It's just. This Giants defense is not looking too strong and Josh Allen gives you that running upside um, with the passing upside, but he's not the only bill I like. I like um, Singletary and John Brown. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm all in on just bills in general. Singletary, John Brown, we might even see a receiver like Cole Beasley or something get a touchdown. I feel like it's just going to kind of be, well, maybe not, maybe more Josh Allen running the ball into the end zone. That's probably more of what we're going to realistically see, but, I'm not doing anything on the Giants' side. This Giants' team just sucks. I think it's going to be another year they're going to try to gun for, uh, gun for some more draft picks. they they got a lot of work to do. So I'm all in on the Bills, and I'm, I'm leaning away from the Giants in general. Um, 49ers are going to Cincinnati. Um, Kittle for the 49ers. I think Marquise Goodwin could have a game here. And call it a gut feeling on me. But I feel like just after what we saw with Marquise Goodwin last week, I feel like he's going to be – for what I feel, I feel like he needs to be a little more relevant, and I feel like we might see that this week. Um, He's been tweeting out some stuff. Uh, I think early this morning he had a tweet that came out. Just a lot of motivational shit, so maybe that's just kind of him keeping his head above water. But I think we're going to see him use a little bit more against this Bengals defense, and uh, I think that he might be a sneaky play for week two. So that's what I'm feeling on the 49ers side. Bengals, hope Andy Dalton does bad just because of their bet. <laughs> and um, But in all reality, like Joe Mixon's hurt. Giovanni Bernard is somebody that people have been uh, picking up heavily off the waiver wire. But, man, it's it's the Tyler Boyd and the John Ross show right now. That's, uh, that's, that's my two hot guys off this Bengals offense.
2: Yeah, I'm good with you on the Bengals. I will circle back to the 49ers real quick and say my favorite play is the Matt Breida. With no Tevin Coleman, I think he's going to have a big game. Um, Bengals defense is nothing to worry too much about.
1: Chargers in Detroit. So, big blow for Chargers. Hunter Henry got hurt this past week, um, and that's going to put a lot more focus on this wide receiving core in the run game. I think this is going to be a big game for Austin Eckler. I might even get to see a little bit of Justin Jackson as well. So, I like the run game on the Chargers this week. And um, – And then, of course, Keenan Allen, and he's a must start. Um, Nothing really extra spectacular about this, but on the line side of the ball, if you have T.J. Hawkinson or he's on your waiver wire, go get him now because this guy is going to be a tight end one. And I've been saying this before the season started. We saw what the hell he can do. Uh, Even though, granted, it was Arizona's defense, I still think that T.J. Hawkinson is going to be a huge part of this game. Um, And Matthew Stafford. Could be back as a QB one, possibly, maybe. So I'm a, I'm hot on Matt Stafford this week and hot on TJ (laughs) Hawkinson.
2: He was probably your best take for week one, I would say, because I think you were high on him. Even in the preseason, you were high on Hawkinson. So
1: got to love (laughs) hawke (laughs) Hawkinson.
2: Hey, I picked him up in one league, so you'd be proud of me. Um, But overall, the Lions offense is kind of in general, one of the storylines I'm, I'm monitoring because we have now obviously Gallaudet and Marvin Jones as the receivers, but Amandola had a big, had a big day. So Hawkinson and Amandola kind of, I don't know, between the two of them had had several receptions. I don't know if you noticed Amandola's presence.
1: Right. Like I said, there's, you know, there's, there's some, some different weapons there in that wide receiver core. I think at any given moment it could be any wide receivers who's ever open because Matthew Stafford's got to reclaim himself um, on the seat of fantasy glory because he's always one of those guys you get late and he can do some some pretty good damage. But in, in the recent years, you just haven't seen a whole lot out of him. So I feel like this could be a bounce back year for him. Um, so I do like me some some Matt Stafford this week. Um, and, again, Hawkinson. just I can't say that name enough. TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> uh, moving down, Vikings against the Packers. That Packers defense looked good. It looked really good even though the Bears' offense was looking really bad. So that they could have just kind of put the Packers' defense on a visual steroid for, for all the fans out there, so not really sure. But if Aaron Rodgers says we have a defense, then I'm going to go ahead and 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 just kind of agree with that, that they might have a defense. So I've personally picked up the Packers' defense in a couple of my leagues with defenses. Um, and But the Vikings are a high-scoring offense, so we're definitely going to see some production coming out of them. Um so it might not be the best week to play the Packers, but I think Devontae Adams is is going to kind of reclaim his uh his state this week. This is a divisional matchup; it's going to get heated. I could see a lot of points being scored in this one. Um, and on the Viking side of the ball, uh, I think we see Stefan Diggs kind of get a little more a uh, little more used in this offense this week than he was last week. So liking him, and then Dalvin Cook. Even though I hate to talk about it, i got to be realistic here. Dalvin Cook looks fucking good. But I think this Packers defense could maybe uh, limit him a little bit this week.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of going to respect the defenses here. I don't know who I'm too interested in. It was concerning to see Kirk Cousins only pass the ball ten times last week. So, that's really concerning for Diggs and Thielen. But I don't know if if they're going to be able to get away with that run-heavy game plan against the Packers. I think they're going to be forced to throw the ball.
1: Not against this defense. Kirk's going to have to throw that ball. That's why I think we're going to see a little bit more uh, production out of this wide receiving core this week. I think this is going to be just – I I could see this being a pretty high-scoring game, honestly. I'm kind of excited to watch it. Jaguars at Texans. Super excited about this one. So, Gardner Minshew is going to be starting. Um, And for those of you out there, if you've got a good quarterback, don't go fucking get Gardner Minshew. It's just kind of one of those things that i am just been, like, throwing around and tossing around. But realistically, um, I, I'm digging DJ Chark. I think that he's somebody to watch out for. I'm not completely 100% sold on the guy yet just off of one game. But uh, he's definitely somebody that maybe should be rostered. You should have him sitting there on the bench, just kind of monitor his progress. And he could be a viable flex for you if you've already got a good wide receiving core. Or if you're just really hurting for receivers, Chark could see himself becoming a – big part of this uh, this offense. But they got a lot of wide receivers uh, there in Jacksonville, so there's a lot of options to throw that ball around. But if one thing's for sure, we saw that Minshew doesn't really rely on the tight end much from that one game. He was uh, leaning on his receivers a little bit more. And Leonard Fournette looked fucking pretty damn good. looked better than he has since the last time I can remember seeing him. So I'm excited to see some Leonard Fournette this week against this Texans um, defense uh, without Jadavian Clowney. So I think that uh that Leonard could have himself a day. Texas side of the ball, Deshaun Watson, Nook. What more do you have to say? And if and if I'm going to lean anywhere, I think that Duke Johnson could could see himself having some good production as well.
2: Is the Jaguars defense good?
1: Don't really know. Um, that's why I'm saying I think that if I if I'm saying Duke Johnson could have a pretty good day, that probably means not really. <laughs>
2: let's be let's be honest here (laughs) I I just don't know where I stand I'm I'm just being completely honest I have no clue where I stand on the level of quality of this of this Jaguars defense so I think I think Duke could have a good good game as well this is um this is one of those games that I feel like a lot of people are going to cross off for fantasy and I'm not sure if that should should happen because it could there could be some points here
1: no, not me at all, dude. I think that this if – any, if anything, people are going to be leaning heavy on this Texans team because everybody going into this, especially going into the backup with Gardner, everybody is obviously going to be like, oh, Texans all the way. They're going to play all their Texans. And they should. That's like the normal thing that, that you would do. But I'm just saying watch out for this Jaguars offense because Gardner Minshew, he did put up 18 fantasy points in this game um, with a full game. We, we could see him get over that that 20-marker hump. We don't really know what, what's going to happen yet. So, it's kind of a toss-up in the air with that. But one thing's for sure, he's connecting well with these receivers. So, and he has said, a mustache. And he has a mustache, power stash. you got to have the power stash, respect the mustache, um, just the flow in general. And might be having a shirt coming out on the Teespring store with Gardner Minshew. So, if you've become a Gardner Minshew fan, uh, be on the lookout over the weekend on our Teespring store, teespring.com slash stores slash garageguyspodcast for a new Gardner Minshew T-shirt from Garage Guys Fantasy Sports. It's
2: exciting. I'm not going to let you get away with saying maybe. It's definitely happening.
1: Oh, It's 100% happening.
2: i <laughs> <You> know I <laughs> I'm like hold to hold you accountable.
1: I like to tease a little bit, throw that out there. But, yes, <laughs> it's happening. So be on the lookout over this weekend for the uh, brand-new Gardner Minshew Garage Guys Fantasy Sports T-shirt. It's going to be lit.
2: I can't um, wait to get my hands on one. I've already told I've already seen the design and I texted you immediately. I was like, I I have to get one of those to my apartment ASAP.
1: Oh yes, it's happening. So all you guys listening, I'll have a promo code out for Gardner. You get on there. Uh, you'll be able to save if you order within the first three days that it hits the store, you'll be able to save a little bit of money. So I'll have all that on Twitter at GarageGuyChase and at GGFS Podcast. And of course, Drew has his at Drew Dean. So I'm sure he'll be retweeting that as well. So go follow those accounts, and you can see where to get the promo code because the only way to get the promo code is if you follow us on Twitter. Um, Patriots at Dolphins, the most cush mashup of all time. And for some reason, the Dolphins, I feel like they think that they're going back to the throwback this week, and maybe they think that, like, if we dress like the old days, we'll play like the old days. There is no fucking hope for this Miami team, and the Patriots are just going to obliterate them. That's all I have to say about this game. There is no fantasy shit at all. Except okay, I do have one thing, fantasy. I'm Sony
2: Michelle.
1: I'm dis a fucking pointed. Okay. Sony has to go off, but I feel like for some reason it's gonna be fucking Rex
2: Burkhead. no, no, no. James White. Is, your Sony game's coming. It's coming this week. I hope to God it is because I've,
1: I've, I've like mentally and like I'm, I'm only one week into the NFL season and I already feel just like defeat from drafting a Patriots running back.
2: The only way he doesn't get there, so I think this is a type game where they're going to they're gonna be moving the ball and they're going to be running the ball a lot and they're going to get inside the red zone and he's going to score. The only thing you should be worried about is if the first few touchdowns are passing TDs and then they start resting players and putting Burkhead and these, you know, these other – Brandon Bolden. They'll start putting all these guys in in the second half uh, to keep Sony fresh. So you want him to get his touchdowns early in the game.
1: I, see, I'll, I'll say this. All those players, yes. I don't think Tom Brady will come out of this game. This is going to be just some some extra cushion for his for his stats.
2: He doesn't like to sit down. I, I he'll he'll play at least until the fourth quarter. Then he'll sit. Maybe.
1: Think so. you I mean, you're the Patriots' knowledge. Maybe. Master, I
2: mean. So. I, you, also, there's a weird thing where the Dolphins always beat the Patriots at home, but that's not going to happen this year. That
1: that's, happened last year. They, it, it, I don't think it can happen at all this year. It's just, it's not. There's there's no. If if that happens. That just means that Bill Belichick is fucking with them, and like he's just like I'm, just gonna lose one just because. But that never happens. So
2: yeah, it's a weird it's it's a weird deal though. There's some wizardry going on uh, in Miami because that's the thing that's the only stadium that Tom Brady has a losing record in. So There's
1: fucking sorcery going all over the place. Yeah. Uh, another exciting divisional game: Chiefs at the Raiders. So it's going to be in the black hole. Um, Chiefs defense is. Like Swiss cheese, got about as many holes as that. So Derek Carr could have himself a great game. Um, Tyrell Williams, these guys. I think that Hunter Renfro might be used a little bit more in this game, and I'm hoping hoping for that anyway. So my gut's been kind of saying that, like, we didn't see a lot of Hunter last week, but we could see more of him this week. Darren Waller is another hot pickup. Um, a lot of people that, that, I've, that I'm playing with in fantasy actually drafted Darren Waller. So if Darren Waller is available in your leagues – and he's still out there like after the waivers cleared this past week, go get him ASAP. He's going to be a huge part of this offense. So I liked him on the Raiders side of the ball. And then on the Chief side of the ball for me, it's Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's, he's taken over that big, that big man role there. And um, I think we're going to be able to see some Damian Williams, um, maybe possibly even a little bit of, uh, of the homie, LaShawn McCoy. So.
2: Yeah, this is one I want to spend a little time on just because I think this is, especially from a DFS perspective, is a, a good game to stack up. Because here's a little secret. They did not change any of the salaries for the Raiders players because they played on Monday night. So it's a really good game that you can throw a Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey mixed with the Tyrell Williams and Josh Jacobs, something like that, and get all those guys in and hope this game shoots out
1: word yeah and again throwing back out to josh jacobs i know we covered them talking about the monday night game but uh raider raiders team's looking pretty sneaky man i'm digging it so against this defense i'm um, definitely feeling starting some raiders uh one of the evening games biggest game i'm looking forward to obviously this week saint shout out to the clock (laughs) uh game i'm looking forward to saints at Rams, so we get the rematch this is probably like I. I'm probably gonna turn Red Zone off, dude. I'm probably gonna turn Red Zone off this week and just focus hundred percent on
2: Saints Rams when this game comes on. So, what's uh, gonna happen if there's a bad call by a ref against the Saints? What's gonna happen? There's gonna, gonna be, be revolt. M-
1: well, probably not because it's not like the NFC Championship. So I don't think there's gonna be like TVs punched and shit like that. But it's just gonna be fun because everybody's gonna be everybody in America is gonna be rooting for the Saints. That's what I love about it. except for, like, even – probably even people in L.A. are going to be rooting for the Saints. Did you – because I don't know if you watched, like, back when the Rams actually won the NFC Championship, they had a video of, like, a bar in L.A. And there were, like, five, like, Rams fans. And, like, when they won the game, they were just like, all right, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. Like, that's not how you fucking celebrate your team going to the Super Bowl. Like, that. it's sad. It's fucking sad, man. So – yeah, everybody's gonna root for the Saints to win this game. I'm personally just pumped for it. Um, this is just all across the board. Just fire him up. This is gonna be a high scoring affair. And um, and I'm feeling yeah. it.
2: Yeah, uh AK is my favorite play, my favorite running back play yes. for DFS. I think he's gonna he's gonna eat for sure.
1: Absolutely. I and and one thing we you always talk about these Rams wide receivers. Which one do you think is gonna be uh too hot to trot this week?
2: So, man, it's so hard to pick each week. But before the season started, I said Woods and Cup, and then, <clears> and then, and then Brandon Cooks. So I'm going to stick with that. Cup looks like the the obvious target so far this year, but
1: Cup all, looks like the one.
2: Yeah, all of them are going to get. They're all going to rotate who has the big game. It's going to happen. So maybe Brandon Cooks is a little motivated playing against the Saints, and he's the one that has a big game this week.
1: Word, another uh, dirty game. Uh, Bears at Broncos in Denver.
2: Stay away from this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: offenses are just going to kind of be all over the place. This is a defensive game. If you got the Bears defense, you're starting them. Um, don't start the Broncos defense. I feel like I feel like that like the- Tariq Cohen and David – I feel like David Montgomery is going to get on a leash this week, though. I feel like this is going to be the week that that Montgomery, like, shows, like, hey, I'm here. This is what I can do. So I'm excited about David Montgomery against this Broncos defense.
2: You're going to see Matt Nagy have a big change because he got so much heat for for not running the ball. I think Trubisky threw the ball way too many times last game. So right. I think um, the running backs are going to get plenty of chances here. So you might want to stay away from some of the some of the passing game. I think they're going to they're going to start leaning on Trubisky for fewer pass attempts and using his legs more if they're smart.
1: That's all they need to do, man. And I mean, they, they, everybody in America is telling them that right now. So hopefully, Nagy's all ears. <clears throat> um, the Sunday night game is Eagles at Falcons. I think this is going to be just a um, an Eagles just like bus a nut fest um, all up in the ATL. So, there are actually some people out there that think that Atlanta is <laughs> <You're so>
2: predictable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, there are people out there that actually think Atlanta's going to win this this week. Did you see Atlanta last week, Drew? Did you watch that game at all?
2: Yeah, I think Atlanta's going to win this week. You do? Yeah. Give me Atlanta.
1: You're going to take it's... Atlanta this week?
2: Yeah. If they're three-point underdogs, I'm going to take them oh, on the well. spread.
1: Yeah, when it comes to that, I guess. No, but... I just – uh. I I don't know. Like, I think the Eagles are going to come in here and just stomp the piss out of them.
2: Yeah, you hate the Falcons. But I will say they looked so bad week one. I just think it's 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 one week. You can now, only go up it, from there, right? You can only go up. And I'm not particularly high on, on Carson Wentz. I know you're not either. I want to see a little bit more. I think it's going to be a close game. The Falcons should bounce back and play better.
1: We're definitely not going to see the Deshaun Jackson production. I'll tell you that much right now. I think that this might swing a little bit more to Zach Ertz, um, and you know, kind of like Alshon Jeffrey. I even think that we we might see some some Miles Sanders action, like some big Miles Sanders action. I think this run game might uh, be well because if you look at what Dalvin Cook did to this Falcons defense last week, um, Miles Sanders might fucking eat. So. Yeah.
2: I want to see one of those running backs fall out of the rotation. It's just it, too many people. It's got to
1: be. It's got to be. It's got to be like like Jordan Howard because Darren Sproles ain't going nowhere. Like he's like a fucking household name in Philadelphia now. Like he's been a household name in in New Orleans. He's like a household name in Philadelphia. I don't think that they're gonna let Sproles go anywhere this year. But uh, I think that they should kind of backpedal a little bit on Howard and let Miles Sanders do his thing a little bit more. But the, this Eagles run game is going to be really nice. And and being realistic on the Falcons' side of the ball, if I like anybody, it's obviously going to be Calvin Ridley or Muhammad Sanu. It's not going to be uh, Julio because they're going to do everything they can to make sure Julio don't get shit done. So, um, DFS, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a little Calvin Ridley.
2: Yeah, I don't really have any particular targets that I – I don't have any strong takes on this game, man. I just. It Do you is think it that is. Devontae
1: Devante Freeman's going to bounce back from the shit that he did last if he, week?
2: If he doesn't soon, then they're going to have Edo Smith in there. Yeah, it's going to be all Edo. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, man. They're starting to use them pretty close to fifty fifty. I feel like so. It's
1: looking like the the Coleman Freeman backfield a little bit with Smith. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing.
2: I yeah, I think I think Freeman's definitely going to get first chance again and, and first shot to be the guy, but it's. Man, I just don't know what to expect from this Falcons team right now. I just If I had to lean on anything, I think they're going to bounce back. But you have a case. Based on what we saw, there's no real confidence in, in the Falcons' offense. But I'm just going to hope that week one is not enough sample size to work on. That's so, what
1: we can only hope for. Yep. Before we go, um, that, that's the Sunday slate rundown. Before we do go, I'm uh, going to do a quick uh, a NASCAR quickie brought to you by Dad's Campers in Picayune, Mississippi. So get over to Dad's. Get one of the best deals on campers in the industry. Literally, they have the best prices. If you're into camping, you go to NASCAR races, you want to get you a camper, start going to NASCAR races, hit up Dad's Camper Outlet in Picayune, Mississippi. Um, so the NASCAR... Race this week, the playoffs are over with. Uh, Clint Boyer and Ryan Newman were the ones that slid into the playoffs. So we're rolling to Vegas now. Um, These playoff points, these drivers are going to be a lot more competitive now, especially towards the back end of the ones that made the playoffs. I think they're going to make for some of the hotter DFS plays, Um, but still all depending on, you know, how they're practicing, how they're qualifying, things like that. Vegas, uh, the race this week is Sunday at 6. I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, Marshawn Lynch is driving the pace car. That's going to be fucking insane. <laughs> Cannot wait to like, for him to just like open up his pace car and like Skittles fall out all over the track and they have to get like the fucking sweepers to come out and clean it off. And he's just like, I'm only here so I don't get fined. And then he just gets in the car and goes home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't even know he was doing that. I'm so yeah. out of it.
1: Marshawn Lynch is driving the pace car in Las Vegas. So how, how did they get him to do that? I have no idea, but I am, I'm all here for the story. So hopefully Bob Pockers will have something talking about it this, uh, this week. But um, the, all the information you're going to need for this race is going to be available on the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. Drew's going to have you covered. Uh, once qualifying is over on Saturday, uh, we should have something up before the race on Sunday. So if you subscribe to our NASCAR or the uh, all-in Garage Fan Package, you'll be able to, to check all that out and get your lineup set. And then also you can check out my articles on rotoballer.com. Uh, we'll have the sleepers and drivers to avoid article up over the weekend and as well as my four driver picks for DFS. So everything and anything you need to know about NASCAR is going to be written word. Go to rotoballer.com. Check out the NASCAR articles. You'll find my work there and then go to the Garage Guys Fancy Sports Patreon page and you'll get the full breakdown of DFS. I'm talking all drivers because Drew's about that life. He does that shit and he wants to help you win. Drew, you're the, you're the fucking man for putting that, that list together
2: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, last week, we had a uh, kind of a situation occur where qualifying was an hour before the race, so there was no ability for us to to get all that all that worked out. And, and this th- week, this week, we got you covered.
1: Right. And let's be honest, last week's race was kind of boring because it's week one of NFL, and it's like, let's be real. What are you watching? You know what I mean? Like right. I mean, obviously me, I had the race pulled up on my laptop. And the games were on the TV, so that there's where my priorities were. You know what I mean? But NASCAR is still important. Playoff seasons here; it's an exciting thing. So, if uh, if you're, you know, your team's got a bye week or something, or you want to get the laptop put out on the side, watch you some NASCAR because I know it's tough to compete with the NFL, but uh, it's still
2: fun as hell. Hey, hey, it should be right in that window though, where it's kind of towards the end of the back of the the three o'clock games, and it's before before the Sunday night game. So you can at least watch a little bit of the race in between. So there you
1: go. You'll have, you'll have a little bit of time to do that. And again, go to a NASCAR race. Just go. There's plenty of races coming up. I'll be at Talladega, um, in October. We're going to be doing some awesome shit there. So, uh, if you can go to a race before the season's over, like it's worth missing like one Sunday of football just to be at a racetrack. So definitely check it out. Shout out Tommy Garrett. He got to go to, uh, he got to go to the brickyard and uh, he he loved it. So if you follow Tommy Garrett on Twitter, he did a lineup, and g- helped him get some picks. He won him a little bit of money. Uh had a great first time going to a track. So happy to hear that, Tommy. And again, uh, you know where to find us? Follow us on Twitter at GGFS Podcast, follow me at GarageGuyChase. Chase, follow Drew at Drew Dean, and go to Patreon dot com slash garage guys podcast. That's all we got for this week. You got anything, Drew?
2: Nope. Looking forward to week two.
1: Let's fucking go. Sports. Party. Repeat.